we are continuing this series called Fallout, in which we are shocking people, apparently, with what happens after the stories you kind of know and things that you know. For example, most people know the Jonah and the whale story and how he ran from God, uh, threw himself into the water to protect the boat, but then he got eaten by the great fish. Uh, and during that time, God came to him and gave him another chance. He accepted it. But he had so much anger and envy and pride in his heart that even though his sermon, even though his ministry led an entire city to repent and become uh, God followers, he was mad that God had mercy. And so he turned from him and let his anger control him. Uh, last week, we talked about Job and how he lost basically everything that mattered in his life. And he went through a lot of suffering, more than most people ever deal with. And he went through it, and he went through it, and he went through it. And finally, at the end, because even though he made mistakes along the way and uh, took some wrong counsel at different times, uh, he never turned from God, and he kept going with him. And so at the end, he got a bunch of stuff back, including new donkeys, which is important. Um, this week, we're going to talk about Solomon, who is another one kind of like Jonah that people uh, forget the true story about. And so um, I'm going to read from 1 Kings 11, 1 through 13. Uh, actually, no, I'm not. First, I'm going to tell the story of Solomon. So basically, Solomon is the son of David. And David, obviously, was a great king. He did a lot of good stuff. He killed Goliath. He also uh, committed adultery and murdered someone and lied about it. But he asked for forgiveness, and so he came back okay. Like, he made big mistakes, big bad choices, but he turned back to God and admitted that he'd screwed up, and he accepted the consequences. And so Solomon had seen that. He'd seen his dad mess up, yes, but he'd seen him show that God mattered more. And so Solomon knew that. And so one night, when Solomon's a kid and he's about to be king, uh, God comes to him, and he says, uh, Solomon, you're going to be the king of all of Israel. I will give you literally anything you want in the whole world. All you have to do is ask me. Now, most people would ask for a lot of different things. People would ask for money, for life, for fame, for power, for the Bengals to win a game. Like all of these different things that they would ask for. Um, and if you think about it, there's like millions of different things. And he asks for wisdom, which shows that he has wisdom, but he asks for wisdom. And the reason is he asks because he wants to rule his people well. He wants to be a good king. He wants to take care of people. He wants to help. And so as his ministry started, and this is the thing most people know in the church, as his ministry, as his kingdom, as his uh, reign starts, uh, he does a good job. And there's the famous uh, example where these two women came and one of them had lost their baby and the other one had the baby. And uh, the, the, they're like, hey, this is my baby. This is my baby because neither of them wanted the dead baby. And so Solomon is like, well, let's just cut it in half. And the real mom was like, no, 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 don't do that. Just let her have it. The other mom was like, sure, do it. And so that showed Solomon uh, that the real mom cared more about the, the kid's life than having the kid. And so it's like this example of him using wisdom. And he did stuff like that all along at the beginning. He showed who he was, and he showed a love for God, and he led Israel well. And then he started smelling himself, and he started believing in himself too much. And he started thinking, I have all the wisdom in the world. I don't need God. And so that's where we're going here with 1 Kings 11, 1 through 13. Now King Solomon loved many foreign women. Besides Pharaoh's daughter, he married women from Moab, Ammon, Edom, Sidon, and from among the Hittites. The Lord, what is significant about that is not necessarily that they're foreign, but that they were the enemies of Israel. So this is when Israel was at war all the time, and they're fighting against other people to keep their land. And these are, the, true, these are all uh, enemies of Israel. And more than that, they all had other gods, and they didn't worship 
God. So the Lord had clearly instructed the people of Israel, you must not marry them because they will turn your hearts to their gods. Um, people will talk to you about uh, not being unequal yoke, not dating people that don't believe the same. That is not like a judgment on the people. It's because when you are in a relationship with somebody who doesn't believe like you do, one of you will pressure the other one in some way. And so it's not fair to either of you. And usually it's much easier to not go to church than it is to go to church. So it usually goes that way. And so God's like, yeah, don't do that. Um, yet Solomon insisted on loving them anyway. He had 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines, which means essentially prostitute, sort of. Like a concubine is just kind of a woman that he keeps around. And in fact, they did turn his heart away from the Lord. So again, he started by God saying, hey, I'll give you anything in the world. And he could have asked for riches. He could have asked for money. He could have asked for women. He asked for wisdom. And he did it because he wanted to help other people. But as he helped other people, as he was king, he started to think, well, I'm the best king in the world. I have helped people. They need me. I don't need God. And so he stopped listening to God. And so he turned from him. And he turned his heart away from God. He it disobeyed him straight up. God's like, don't marry these people. You have 700 wives. You don't need these other ones. Like, you're fine. You're good. And uh, Solomon's like, whatever, dude, I do what I want. And so we go to the next part. Uh, in Solomon's old age, they turned his heart to worship other gods instead of being completely faithful to the Lord his God, as his father David had been. Solomon worshipped Astaroth, uh, the goddess of the Sidonians, and Moloch, the detestable god of the Ammonites. In this way, Solomon did what was evil in the Lord's sight. He refused to follow the Lord completely, as his father David had done. On the Mount of Olives, east of Jerusalem, he even built a pagan shrine for Chemosh, the detestable god of Moab, uh, and another for Moloch, the detestable god of the Ammonites. Solomon built such shrines for all of his foreign wives to use uh, for burning incense and sacrificing to their gods. So it starts by him saying, you know what, I don't need to go to God for stuff because I know everything. And then it was, hey, God told me not to do this, I'm going to do it anyway because I know more. And then... He stopped worshiping God. He started worshiping other gods. He started worshiping a bunch of other gods. And so he turned from God completely. This is the king of Israel, the person who is supposed to be kind of like a priest, the, the main priest of Israel, essentially. And he was worshiping other gods. He was turning away from God. And this is all because he started to have too big of an ego. So when we go through our lives, um, there is a big difference between having confidence and being overconfident. And uh, you guys all know sports well enough to have seen people that are overconfident and they, they kind of smell themselves too much. They think they have everything. They do everything. There was a player back in the day named Antoine Walker, and there's a lot of other players that would fit this. And he made, this is before, like, salaries were ridiculous now, but he played for the NBA and I think he made something like $200 million in his career, which is nothing now, but then it was a pretty big deal. And he was bankrupt by the end of that because he overspent it, because he thought he knew everything. He wouldn't accept advice. He wouldn't understand people. Um, a lot of people, like Johnny Manziel, uh, sucked at football because he didn't want to practice and he didn't want to learn from other people. Like There are a lot of people who think they're so great and they know so much. What happens with us is not necessarily that. But we start to think, well, I've been through this, or I know this, or I'm a good enough Christian, or I'm a good person, I know what I'm doing, uh, I'll just do whatever I want this one time. And then, I'll, you know what, I'll ask for forgiveness later, I'll do whatever I want this time, and I'll kind of go down this path and eventually ask for forgiveness. But the more you put that off, the more of a chance you're not going to ask, because you'll stop wanting to ask. And so Solomon kind of did that. Like, I doubt that he intended to turn from God. I think he was probably, I feel pretty safe in saying that Solomon thought, you know what, 
God just is being a little overprotective, and you guys probably have felt that with your parents before. Like, God is being a little overprotective, and he doesn't want me to do this, but I'll be cool. Like, for me, it'll be different. Um, There's a story I have from when I used to coach tennis. Uh, There was a girl who... uh, was really smart, like she was an honor roll kid, and she was a, a good Christian that went to her youth group and church and everything, and she was pretty good on the tennis team. She was number two doubles, varsity, so decent, and um, she started dating this kid who was not good, like he was a druggie and did a lot of stuff and uh, wasn't a good kid, and all of her friends were like, this isn't a good idea. She's like, well, he's been like that with other people, but with me, it's different. Like, I can change him, which is something a lot of people think. And it's like, I can change him. I can, you know, get him to go to church. I can fix him. I can do this. Well, it didn't happen that way. She started to not do as well in sports and in school, and she started to kind of change. And then one of her friends is like, hey, he's cheating on you. And she's like, I don't believe you, blah, blah, blah. And so she proved it one day. And two weeks later, like they broke up, two weeks later, they're back together. Because again, it's going to be different this time. And so we kind of go that way. It's like, well, it's going to be different for me. Um, it's, it's going to be different for me. I know that that person has done all of this bad stuff before, but I can change them. I can fix them. And so Solomon is kind of thinking like that. He's like, it's going to be different for me. I know that God says doing this will always affect your heart and always turn you from, from him, but I'm different. And it's not that you shouldn't have confidence, and it's not that you shouldn't trust yourself, but to think, well, nothing bad can ever happen to me, or I'm never going to make a mistake. I'm never going to make a bad choice. Everything I think is right. That's horrible. Uh, that is what politicians do, but it's horrible. Uh, it, you have to, one of the things I said in confirmation and one of the things I say a lot is for the people closest to you, like your closest friends, not, not your only friends, but your closest friends, they should believe the same way that you do. They should have the same type of value so that they will be able to tell you when you're being stupid, when you're doing something wrong, when you're thinking about doing something wrong. And then you do that for them and then you just trust each other. And Solomon had built a life that the only people around him were the people that said yes. Um, one of the things I dislike about the generations that are younger uh, now, like younger than me, which is everybody, one of the things that I dislike about uh, what they think is with the toxic stuff. And so first, let me say, if somebody is actually toxic, of course you cut them out of your life. The problem is um, people, often people that say, oh, they're toxic, I'm cutting them out, they don't mean they're abusive, they don't mean they're cruel, they don't mean they're into drugs or whatever else, they don't mean that. They mean they don't agree with me all the time, or they've told me no before. That's not toxic. Like, you want to have people in your life that will challenge you. Not that abuse you, not that insult you, not that are mean to you, but that will challenge you, that will not agree with you all the time. Because in our world, we kind of have this thing, and adults do this a lot, and especially adult Christians, you can build a bubble around your life. And so you can follow on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, whatever, Snapchat, only the people that agree with you. Like, only the people that, that believe what you think politically and what you think all of this stuff and then you only hang out with those people. You only watch those news stations. You only are surrounded by those people. And so then, all of a sudden, you don't think anybody else exists in the world. And so you have those people that are like, oh, you're right. Of course you're right. Everything you think is right. And so you forget that other people have opinions. Uh, and so the closest people, like I said, should have your values. But you should also be willing to listen and be willing to understand that you don't know everything. And Solomon had, again, surrounded himself with people that said, yes, Solomon, you're the best. Yes, Solomon, you're always right. Nobody's always right. Like Nobody in the world is always right except me. But that's fine because I have people that tell me that I'm not even when I am. And so it's good. I'm I'm always right. And so um, going to the end of this, the Lord was very angry with Solomon for his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice. So imagine this, like not only... 
are you kind of disobeying God, but you're disobeying him to his face. Like he's literally come to you and said, hey, uh, Zach, Elizabeth, Cooper, Micah, I don't want you to do this. Like I'm, I'm telling you directly, you shouldn't do this. And then you do it anyway. Like that's a major thing. And that's what Solomon did. Um, and so he had warned Solomon specifically about worshiping other gods, but Solomon did not listen to the Lord's command. So now the Lord said to him, since you have not kept my covenant and have disobeyed my decrees, I will surely tear the kingdom away from you and give it to one of your servants. But for the sake of your father, David, uh, I will not do this while you are still alive. I will take the kingdom away from your son. And even so, I will not take away the entire kingdom. I will let him be the king of one tribe for the sake of my servant, David, and the sake of Jerusalem, my chosen city. So Solomon went on to die not as a God follower. Like he was worshiping other gods. He died. This is a, ki- a guy who had turned from being the wisest person in the world, the most uh, like impressive God follower in the world to all of a sudden being completely an enemy of God. And so he didn't have a good life at the end. And because of him and because of his decisions, because of what he'd done, like Israel went through this horrible period of time uh, where their kingdom is split in half. They were exiled. Like all of these different things happen. Uh, and you see some of that when you read through Jesus' story, like just the way things are. And so um, this is because he thought he knew everything and refused to listen and refused to care and stopped thinking that he cared about God. Uh, there's a little story illustration that I use sometimes. And so like, let's say that um, God comes to Cooper and says, hey, for breakfast today, I want you to have an apple. And so Cooper has an apple because God's literally talking to him and it'd be kind of crazy to go against that. And so Tuesday comes up and he's like, hey, Cooper, I want you to have an apple. And Cooper's like, okay, deal, I can do this. I'm not allergic, so it's fine. And so day three, same thing. Like God's like, hey, I want you to have an apple. And so Cooper picks out a nice shiny red one and he's like, cool. And so he eats it. Day four, Cooper gets up, eats the apple, and God's like, I wanted you to have an orange. He's like, but it's an apple every day. And so you, we do that. We start to think, well, it's always been this way. I've always thought this way. This is how it's always gone. And so I don't have to listen anymore. Always go to God every day. Always like build that relationship. You're never going to get to a point where it's like, oh, I know everything. I'm every, everything I need to be. Like I'm perfect because you're not going to be. Uh, and so Solomon did that. He thought he got to the point where he didn't need to learn anything else. You can always learn more. You can always grow more. You can always do more. And you can always be closer. So just keep trying. Keep being you. Keep trusting. And, and keep growing closer to him. That's all I got. <laughs>